0: In fact, my cell connection is so good, Matt, I'm standing right behind you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I tell you, that was a – it's good. You do. You're coming through loud and clear. We appreciate that. Um, I'm
0: not moving either from this spot. Just be assured of that. You
1: just become a tree. Stay right there. Uh, Bears coming off a huge win over Oklahoma. Aranda starting to get a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz, and we'll get into that. But um, as you, as we look back a little bit at that game and then look forward to Kansas State. Now, uh, Kevin, this, this team uh, has not been particularly, that's the one thing you could say about it, You know, on the road, in hostile situations, TCU and Oklahoma State, they have not functioned that well. I can't say that they functioned extremely well, even in that Texas State uh, uh, scene. So Kansas is about the only one they, they were able to do, and we now have a little more respect than, for Kansas than we did. Do you, do, do you see anything or hear anything that makes you think they're a little better equipped to go in there uh, to Manhattan and get this thing done?
0: I think the one thing that has been kind of the issue for them you know, going to Stillwater and then going to Fort Worth was I think maybe the crowd. You know, As much as it's been in their favor at McLean Stadium for all those home games, uh, it kind of worked against them, and they kind of got rattled by that a little bit. And I think that's really where it kind of threw them off. I think it was more so in uh, Stillwater than I think it was in Fort Worth. Before, the game in T.C. was so many bizarre circumstances, with part with the freshness of Gary Patterson leaving and that team playing on complete you know, adrenaline, if you will, for whatever reason. Well, for the reason that they wanted to prove that they could play without Gary. But I think from the standpoint of Baylor, just from an execution standpoint, defensively, you know, they were okay in Stillwater. I mean, they had a couple of picks, and they didn't do anything with them deep in uh, Cowboy territory. The the issue in Fort Worth is the fact they just didn't know what to do with Chandler Morris. And I think going to Manhattan, it's going to be tough. They're also getting a really hot team, maybe the second hottest team in the conference behind them and the Wildcats. They've won four straight. They've gotten pretty good quality uh, play from Skylar Thompson. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is a dual threat in terms of – Rushing and receiving, I think he has nearly 1,300 all-purpose yards. So it's not going to be one of those situations where the Bears are going to walk into it thinking that they are, you know, that they that they should feel good about this. They should feel like it's going to be tough, and that they're going to have to probably take this game into the fourth quarter to try and win it. And I mean, I kind of look at this as being 50-50. They know what's at stake here, Matt, because if they lose this, they're out of the Big 12 Championship Game race for all practical purposes.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh... I, I think you're right, there's a ton at stake, and there's no reason to uh, underestimate this team at all, and and I don't think they will. Talking to Kevin Lonquist, you hear him, uh, you read him on Rivals, and, um, and, and does just uh, such a nice job. But tell me this about the recruiting. Uh, I, I know the Texas game, and I'm sure the Oklahoma game, Baylor had a good amount of, po- of folks visiting, um, did... Um, as you kind of monitored some of those social media accounts, and and of course we've seen Joey uh, McGuire has gotten off to a pretty fast start with with Tech. We Maguire. we know how this works. People get kind of some excitement, especially early in a tenure. What are, are you? Do you think this season is really resonating with recruits? Not only 2022 in this class. It's about to happen. This early signing period, but also these future classes.
0: Well, I think to an extent that it is. I mean, obviously you mentioned Joey. He's kind of off to the honeymoon start. And, of course, you know, they lost NSC Sledge, their commitment from uh, Monroe Neville uh, yesterday, last night, because he took an official visit to Oklahoma State last week. And then he was offered by Tech uh, last night as well. And so that dropped their number of commitments from 19 to 18. Pretty talented kid that they found in Louisiana. He was a little bit under the radar or being offered by smaller schools. And then when he came to the Baylor camp in June, that's when his stock took off. I, I think from his standpoint, that's with the attraction of going to Oklahoma State. And, of course, now with TCU coming after more P- P5 programs, that's what caused him to rethink things. Now, what that means for the, re- for the balance of the 22 class, remember, they got about seven spots, Matt, that they got to fill. And they can be kind of selective in how they want to do this. They don't have to get to 25 with this class. They can go through the portal if they want. They also have two other scholarships open because, you know, you have Hakeem Vance, who has medically retired, and then you have Jacob Zeno, uh, who is in the portal as well. Maybe a chance that Jacob comes back. I'm not saying that that's what I'm hearing, but I'm just saying that's not not to overlook that. But I think from the 23 and 24 standpoint, yeah, I think it made a big difference with those kids. And I think it's just the way that they played those two teams that as I wrote last Saturday night that they brought us SEC style of physicality to both of those games. Even though they were at McLean Stadium, but they brought those, they brought that physicality to where they wore down the Sooners and the Longhorns, and they were just the better team from about the middle of the third quarter to the fourth quarter to finish it out.
1: Yeah, that now that what you just said is so interesting about um, Zeno, Are, and I know what you're saying you're not, you're not hearing that. How rare or or how how often does that happen? Somebody goes into the portal and then decides to get back out of the portal and stay where they were?
0: Oh, I think it's probably about a less than 5% chance that that happens. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I mean, I know that Jacob left on pretty good terms with the Baylor coaching staff, so that's always a good thing. You never want to burn any bridges behind you, just in case if something doesn't happen there. I mean, my, my supposition would be is that Jacob will probably hear a lot more things once they get through Thanksgiving and the regular season for a lot of programs start to come to an end minus that first weekend of games in December, which will be those championship games. And I think from his standpoint, he'll probably have to evaluate the field. Now, I think what Baylor has to look for, and here's the other thing about Baylor's situation. You know, Gary Bohan has been healthy all year long, which is a knock-on-wood situation there, because if he were to go down, uh, you would be going to a, either Blake Shapin or Kyron Jones, probably not Kyron Jones, but Blake Shapin, who took about a half a dozen snaps. I'm using that tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But he hasn't had much any quality snaps when something's been on the line, so that's where Baylor's been very careful about this in terms of keeping Bohannon healthy. But I think if you look at that roster in terms of where they are with the quarterback situation, now they've got to get some experience in that room. And again, this is not to take anything away from Shapen, but they've got to get some experience, you know, for, for Gary even even as a backup if that's the case. And I think for, even though they lost Zach Pyron, you know, the kid from Alabama who went to Georgia Tech. My personal opinion is that I think they've got to look at that from a, adding another quarterback next year from the portal. I think it's just too risky, in my opinion, too risky to go into the locker to go into the 22 season with Gary, who has a bunch of experience, Blake Chapin who has a few snaps here and there, and then that's it.
1: All right, you said Pyron um, where?
0: Kyron Drones. You know, the no, from, no, 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 uh,
1: Zach Pyron.
0: Oh Zach Pyron, yeah, the uh, the kid who the uh, quarterback who had committed to Baylor back in March, yeah, and then he obviously decommitted in, in September, uh, and then wound up committing to Georgia Tech.
1: Georgia Tech, that's so, right. I'm sorry, I heard you say yeah. something different than that, but uh, uh, yeah, Georgia Tech. That's a that's a really uh, especially given that that team has been uh, kind of off the rails lately. Interesting choice by him to do that. Maybe that was just about uh, staying staying home. And, of course, we've been looking at those guys closely because of that Elite 11. Um, Kevin, hey, I appreciate it. Always love doing this. And, uh, boy, your connection was wonderful. Wherever you well, were standing miracles today, never. Cease. never. Well,
0: miracles never cease. Like the wedding in Cana where the wine actually showed up in droves.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, as my mom's always told me, though that those the wine in the Bible was uh, not fermented the same as the wine they sell now. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Sounds good, Matt. Have a good one. All right, All be good.
1: Too. There he goes, uh, Kevin Longquist from Rivals.